Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Life continually changes, as does my body. I am empowered by the journey. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we bring you now part two of last week's rant. Yeah, get ready. <laughs> Beck's all fired up. We're about to get into... Well, we're literally picking up where we last left off. Yeah. So um, sometimes this does happen. We get into topics that are so big and so juicy that Jane and I have so much we want to share that only an hour can do it justice. I think that happened before when we did beauty and it's yes. happened to be highly sensitive as well. There's just some topics that hit buttons. So this is a topic we haven't really gone into at this level, at this depth, and it really is about women and their bodies, which is so connected with self-worth. It is so connected with power and it's so connected with our children and our communities as well. So Jane finished up last week sharing her births, and it's really kind of interesting how the universe put us on the couch here because we are opposite ends of the spectrum. Completely opposite. Jane had two cesareans, um, second was elective, um, and I had two home births. So I was totally drug free. I was at home with a midwife and an assistant both times, um, and Jane was in the hospital um, doing the completely. really manufactured, mm. Mm. which I feel no shame about. Like I did initially when I really started to recognize, well, I say errors. Well, when I recognized the choices that we'd made and how there were other options that I wasn't even close to understanding. Mm. Um, I did feel shame, but I've re- I have done work on that because well, there's a lot of unfortunately it's to do with the body shaming in our culture and the birth, but the stuff around birth shaming is it's pretty bad. Like there is a lot of that holistic wellness movement that's like if you don't have a natural birth, you're a failure. And yeah. we, of course, Jane and I are not coming on that frequency at all. This this is we want to give you empowering information. So the way I want to start out this half hour by doing that is I want to give some background history as to the history of women's bodies and what how they've been dealt with, just so we can sort of understand where we've arrived at in 2015. So way, 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 way back in the ancient world when we didn't have machines that went bing and men in white coats with stethoscopes and stats and rats and all of that kind of thing, we had obviously um, land-based nature worship societies who worshipped the mother goddess. There was a much deeper understanding of the cycles of life. I've gone into this in many other podcasts. I don't need to go into it in depth here. Suffice to say, if you look on the pictures of ancient tombs and hieroglyphic carvings, etc., you will see that when they depict birth, they usually have a birthing chair or a squat. So if a woman squats on the ground, the distance between her rump and the ground is exactly a baby's head. Oh. So we are designed to squat and give birth. There's actually a movement at the moment talking about how healthy it is to squat when you go to the toilet because it's actually better. The body's designed to do it that way, like outdoors to squat, right? Um, so to lie on a bed with your head up higher than your feet up higher than your head so that in the 1700s when gynecology became the big thing and French courts and English courts and kings wanted to control the birds of their heirs and so forth. and So they'd, they'd put women in stirrups so that they could, it was easy for the man to come and have a look between the woman's legs to see what was going on. But, of course, the minute she tilts her pelvis up, she's going against gravity and then there's all the statistics and percentages that it begins to slow down the birth, it works against gravity and so forth. And then interventions need to be brought in and from there there's a spiral effect down to all kinds of problems. They basically increase by like 100 bloody percent. But to go back to the ancient world, so in the ancient world, you had wise women, you had herbalists, you had midwives. You go, you you start to birth straight away. You whisk, you whisk, whisked away, and it's women only. And the women were there 
to help the women birth. Women in the old days knew that when you fell pregnant, you looked and looked for the full moon, and from there you counted 10 moons. You would give birth on the 10th moon. None of this bullshit nine months due date, you know. It, it, like, babies do not actually come when Western society tells you that they come. Western society's got the due date a little bit too early. Hence, all these women who don't trust their bodies go into total freakout mode and go, oh, my God, my baby's five seconds not on, you know, on the due date. Oh, my God. So now I have to have interventions and rush into hospital and take all these things to induce it. No, you need 10 moons for this baby to cook. If the baby comes out earlier, it's because it's got a big cell contract and we can't wait to get started. <laughs> oh, hello, Tara. <laughs> yeah, right. Because therefore she was early. If I thought it was on her due date, yeah. you're saying it wasn't the due date. It wouldn't have been 10 moons. No, but it, I'm just saying... If you are a pregnant woman or you know a pregnant woman, can you please just calm down and reassure yourself that there's actually quite a long incubation time, longer than than we give it credit for. And all these women and oh my god, the elective cesareans where you know the doc or the doctors just like schedules it in around his golf date. Well, you know, oh well, it's Christmas that day, so could we do it a bit earlier because it's more convenient for me? Oh well, let me tell you about my second elective. I was choreographing for the thirty sixes in those days, and my obstetrician was uh, a season ticket holder, so we scheduled Zoe's birth in between <laughs> the first and second game. This is what I'm talking. We did. All right. There you go. So that's right. That's <laughs> and what happened at the second game? I was still running all the show there and had my little baby on my chest in, in the little sling. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying in the old days there was a little bit more live and let live and let go and trust and appreciation for the natural, magical doorway that that child chose its portal. As souls we choose our entries and exits and I think there's a real beauty to when a baby is allowed to arrive when it arrives. Now, it's really interesting. My neighbour was going to have a home birth just last week and she went into labour. Problem is that she told the hospital. Now, as in she told the hospital when she went into labour. She shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I'm going to get sued for this. Um, because the hospital, of course, has its own set of very strict rules that it needs to follow for safety of women. Whatever. 18 hours, if you haven't produced that baby, you're in trouble, you need to go to hospital. So women like my neighbour who are quite happily letting a first-time labour unfold at its own pace. She's walking around the house, she's walking around the garden, she's breathing, she's doing what she wants to do. There's no rush. We're all on about schedules, itineraries, and it's got to be a rush. It's a rush, rush, rush. If it hasn't happened in this window, we consider it abnormal and we are going to intervene. You know, and it's like, so they whisked her off to hospital because she had to, by that, by the 80th hour mark, everything was fine, but she had to go. Now, she managed to have that natural birth, but it's like, God, if you just hadn't, it's just, why couldn't you just have stayed home? And in the old days. Well, it's that fear. Let's address that because there'll be people that would be thinking, yes, but in the old days, there was very high mortality. Danger, Will Robinson, yeah, danger. But, you know, women died in childbirth. Yeah, they did. They did for lots and lots of reasons, because there were often women who were in either isolated places without access to a proper whiz-bang, shit-hot, amazing midwife who knew her shit. There's always been times in history where women have not, unfortunately, had access to people who were brilliant at helping them birth. If you've ever had a midwife, a totally, if you've ever met... Well, here's the thing. Most people, if they have gone down the Western way like I did, I go, I don't even know what you're talking about, because what does a midwife do? Pulled, I don't know. Pulls babies out of vaginas, know. according to what know. she learned at medical school. I had college. a white coat do it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what they do. 
outside of stand there and nurture and, and, and love you and give you encouragement. Well, that's like a door. There's obviously a whole heap of magic that they can do that they know well, the, to do. This is what the independent midwives are able to bring. They come. And, and apologies to the independent midwives. I'm not, this is me going, I'm ignorant, therefore, some of our yeah. listeners are going to be ignorant. Well, okay, so my independent midwife, who I said, okay, can we just go completely hippie the whole way? She said, fine. I never had an ultrasound. What do I need an ultrasound for? I'm intuitive. I'm going to know if something's wrong. I want to, I want to ask my body, I'll go and muscle test it. I'll muscle test and surrogate test and ask that baby, is it doing okay? The midwife used to come with a, a beautiful kind of wooden horn and she'd put it on my tummy and she'd listen. So she could hear the heartbeat. She, she, she had the knowledge. She would feel. She'd look at my shape. She would only need to look at my face and she'd know something was up. She was that intuitive. She'd, she'd, and this is what a real midwife is. Right. They come in, they have a cup of tea and they look at you and they talk to you and they feel your energy. And she'd look at me and she'd say, and she was so Welsh, she was so funny, and she was such a raging hippie. She'd come in in the biggest waft of patchouli with all of the bells <laughs> tinkling on the skirt, barefoot. With you the... told me that one day she was extra dressed up yeah. and, and you said, oh, are you going out? She said, yes, I'm going off to Burnside Hospital, yeah. which here in Adelaide is, is the kind of... Too posh to push hospital. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I've got to wear my push. most outrageous outfit because today I've got to go deal with the doctors down at Burnside. So, so, she, <laughs> so she's staring yeah. at the pot. I love it. Yeah, and she would come in and she'd say, you look a bit, you look a bit pasty. What's wrong? What's going on? Or she'd say, you know, you're carrying like this. Or what's what's going on over here? And she just knew. She just knew. She was amazing. And I'm getting off track. Where was I? Well, my so, next life, I'm going to experience that because it sounds wonderful. It's it's if you've been in the hands of a woman whose job it is to empower your personal choice and safeguard your body from any interference, you've never been in better hands. And a good midwife should tell the husband off, get up and do something or get out of the room or go and, you know, give your wife more support or she'll tell off the doctor, get out of her face, turn those lights off. The baby needs to be born in darkness. You know, get that torch out of her or whatever. She, She will hold back the interference that you do not need when you're going into that deepest place of concentration in order to birth. Because when you birth naturally, you go into a very deep, very private zone where no one can touch you. It is just between you and your animalistic nature. And I'm getting off. No, no, no. Keep going. Okay, I'll keep going. So when, when you go through a birth that is completely natural from start to finish in your own environment. So for me, I walked around the garden, I walked around the house, I got on hands and knees on a mattress and I've got a very large bathroom, so that was perfect. Everyone could come in. And, there, you know, I used to think when I was in my 20s and, like, you know, didn't know much about birth or anything, I used to sort of think, um, I don't know why women always have to be naked. Whenever you see movies or videos, that you know, they're always naked. I thought, why wouldn't I have a bandeau on? Why, why couldn't I keep my bikini top on, like, for modesty? Well, do you know what? When you go into complete abandonment, because you have to be able to surrender, and I think that's why so many Western women can't birth naturally. Because oh, see, I would never have had the emotional ability to surrender. That's what then. I'm talking about. We don't. We're so anally retentive, repressed, uptight, and disconnected in our society. We don't even meditate. How do you expect to give a natural birth? You can't even meditate. You can't even sit with yourself for two minutes. How are you going to be able to completely let go and trust nature and your body to do what it's architecturally designed to do? It's literally like, okay, you want a birth? Get out of the way of yourself. Get out of the way. You need quiet or you need whatever you want. If you want water, have water. If you want quiet, have quiet. You want music, you have what candles. You want whatever you want, go and do it. You want to squat, you want to go outside and do it against the tree. You want to scream, which is awesome because as the cervix opens, the throat opens, so the two mirror each other. You should hear opera singers oh. give, uh, give birth. Apparently opera singers bring the house down because because it's all about how wide can your throat open. And I can tell you that after wow. giving two births naturally, 
my singing voice has changed amazingly. I am able to, to, to open really big, high, deep notes now that I couldn't when my cervix was virgin, was, wow. was unopened. Yeah. So what, what about, I, I, I just want to touch on when you talked about, you know, back in yesteryear where it was all women and the men were kicked out. Like I feel really blessed that my husband I don't know very much about. I don't of know that. for sure that men were kicked out, and I think no, men, they were kicked out. Well, but, well, well, then even let's look at the sixties. Then men were not in the hospital room. Right, so if we yeah. talk the, the hospital room thing, yeah, because I do feel really, I feel that's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, that, they can be there, but they're not because I can it. remember my mum being horrified when I said that my husband was going to be there. Yeah. So I'm fifty two. Yeah. So if you think. Uh, but hang on, I had my children late. So actually, I had my first 16 years ago today. Today, today. So, um, if you think she, my mum, so it's not that long ago that she's thinking, oh no, because if he sees it all down there, he won't be interested oh, afterwards. Oh, God. I mean, sake. really? No, really? a real man knows a woman has hair on her legs. He's my, you know, when I gave birth, my husband saw me poop, spew, wipe my bum, blood placenta. And you know what? That takes a real man. That is a real man who, it's like men who nurse their women through losing their hair and chemo and all that. You just, it's different. It's not, this is what I say to people, it's not the vagina that you have when you're sitting at a bus stop waiting for a bus. You're not using that vagina that day to give birth. It's a totally different vagina that's been loosened up through um, Braxton Hicks contractions in the lead up to the pregnancy. It's, It's been widened. It's been soft. And it gets to a point, if it's not interfered with, that it's so beautifully ready to deliver. And your husband will see you in that light, not in the she's exactly. the hot, hot chick I picked up in a bar once light. Exactly. It's, it's different. And but this is also where I feel sad where, you know, there's we often read in papers or not that I read papers, but you hear the stories of of um, elite athletes who are ridiculed because they've chosen not to play that scheduled game yeah. because their wife is giving birth and they get ridiculed because they're paid millions of dollars to play football or whatever. Yeah, and paternity leave. That is ridiculous. Like yeah. how can you compare one game with it's the birth of your child? You know, like it's I think there's ludicrous that people even weigh in on that conversation. I think that there's two experiences that everyone needs to have in a lifetime in order to really understand deep spirituality on the earth plane. One is to witness or feel a birth. And the other is to witness a death. Death, yes. And yes. and you, to take that rite of passage away from a human being, mm-hmm. and and including, oh, let's just knock her out, give her a gas, make her unconscious, and rip it out of her. Now, because this is the thing about men, you've got to understand that men come from the best intentions. Because the way, look at Mars and Venus. The way that men help women is to fix it. Yes. You know that whole problem where you tell your husband your problems, and and he doesn't sit there and listen and hold your hand and say, I know, honey, and give you a hug. He goes, Well, ha- well have you tried this? Or have you called that? No, yes. I don't want to. You're not listening to me. I just want it. You know that whole male female. Yeah. So what happens in a birthing situation? The husband freaks out. My wife's in pain. My wife's in danger. Fix it. Heal it. Do something. Intervene. The doctor comes in. Well, it's my job to intervene and I'm a man with a certificate. So I'm going to come in and I'm going to do one thing, which I think is going to help. But what does that one thing do? It stresses the baby. And then there's a series of interventions and spiraling snowballing effects that get worse and worse and worse because this thing then means the baby's heart rate goes faster because the baby's stressed and panicked now because you're putting pressure on it. So then the doctor says, well, now it's not safe. Now we've got to introduce this thing. So then you introduce that thing and the mother gets more stressed and the baby gets more stressed. And the doctor says, well, now it's just too dangerous. Now we just have to take the baby out. And so that was my first 
So then they, they so then they drug the mother, and the mother is so drugged that when the and the baby is so drugged that when the baby comes out, the baby can't breastfeed properly. The baby is von twist out or pulled out with forceps, so the baby's neck is twisted. So the baby comes out with all of its cranials pushed and pulled in all the wrong ways, which means it can't turn its head to feed, and then the breastfeeding problems start. Then the baby doesn't get proper breast milk, and the baby hasn't had the proper fungus. Um, what is it oh, in the, the vagina? The vaginal delivery. Everything mm. is missing, so the baby's immunity is mm. down. So the baby comes out with all these health problems. So the baby's put in an incubator, and nobody touches the baby. So then the baby can't grow properly. And it just goes on and on and on. And the baby can't get breast milk. So then the mother feels like a failure. So then she goes onto formula and then she beats herself up with her self-worth. And then the baby doesn't get the proper antibacterial, whatever, whatever. And it just, this, this is the kind of birth that is considered normal and natural in Western society. And I'm so angry about it because it's fucking bullshit. If you've ever seen the way the body can birth from start to finish the entire process. And I'm not just talking about the birth. I'm talking about the weeks, the months and weeks before, the actual process, and then the months afterwards, the way that the minute you start to naturally breastfeed, the uterus sucks itself back in. It's the most amazing thing. You can go back to a flat tummy naturally. I was one of those girls that had the flat tummy very quickly after giving birth because there was no interference with my – I'm naturally a skinny girl. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. But there, I didn't have the water retention. I didn't have the bloating. My body – I just let my body do exactly what it needed to do. And you've got to believe that the body is so amazingly designed to have everything that you need for the whole process that if you just back off, hands off, and don't touch it, it's miraculously amazing. Do you know – that I can honestly tell you that the most empowered I've ever felt in this entire lifetime was both of my births. Now, I'm a very lucky woman to be able to say that. But, you know, people might say, well, I felt empowered that time I was in a confrontation and I won, or I was empowered that time I stood on stage and I delivered that spec. No, for me, and, I, and I've done those things, but for me, empowerment was birth because I, I just went, I was able to go into the most amazing spiritual zone by letting go trusting and experiencing this primal rite of passage now did it hurt of course it fucking hurt who cares what's all this fear around pain why are we so terrified of pain it's not the kind of pain like you're on a battlefield and your legs been blown off yeah that's fucking pain it's pain that you're designed for let's look at metaphors of life you don't get to just have anything in life without having earned it or baptism through fire sometimes you have to have the breakdown or the whatever to feel the darkness in life the depression the whatever you need the labor pains in life to get to the spiritual riches on the other side you don't just get a baby just for nothing or you wouldn't value it there'd be no value for, oh here it is it's just handed you on a tuesday you need to go through the delivery in order to love and respect and protect that child because it came out of your fucking body and you birthed it and when you birth naturally the oxytocin that is released in your body, I was high as a kite. I've never been more joyous. I was like, I'd go wee on this big massive rush of adrenaline and then like literally amphetamines in the body, like oxytocin and endorphins, and then I'd have a contraction and I'd just bellow and then it would be gone and wee, here comes another rush of endorphins. The body's amazing and it was fun. Go and, go and Google the orgasmic birth if you want to know about women who have orgasmic births. Like, it's like, it was fun. And I can remember my husband saying to me something like, um, um, you know, how, how are you going? Is everything okay? I was like, and I just like cut him off. And I was like, yep, yeah, no, I'm totally happy. I'm totally fine. I'm loving it. I'm, I felt in control. I felt in power. I felt fantastic. 
and there it was. And then, you know, placentas. Well, my first placenta didn't come out for like two hours. And um, I can remember saying to the midwife sometime after, see, if I was in hospital, they would have been going spastic about that, right? But, you know, we just kept on it and then finally I got it out. And and I said to the midwife, you know, what would have happened in the old days or what's the safety window? She said, well, in the old days, if it didn't come out for a week, you might start to worry. You know, this, wow. is, this is how hyper, hyper, hyper vigilant, crazy, obsessive control freak we are in this culture. Everything's so sterile and germs are so frightening and everything's so frightening and everything has to be controlled by a machine or by a something. Just, and I, I don't, I'm not. Well, this, this is where I'm, I don't want to I be find dangerous. It weird, because, because I was blessed with this amazing pregnancy. Actually, I was sick 24 7, but I loved it, loved it, loved it. Both pregnancies loved it. It was a breastfeeding machine to the point that I could have lined up six babies and fed them all, and I loved that. But I also had this thing, came home, and it was all organic, so I was making all my own, um, I made my own body lotions for the baby and, and made my own wipes and soaps and all sorts of things. And yet I think, hang on, how did you miss that big bit in the middle? <laughs> like, it doesn't actually make sense to me. How did I miss that? And I went in and bought in on all of that. Fascinating because you're a product of Western society, and that's but you why see, I'm, I'm not this. because I had done all of this other stuff, you know, I was yeah. anti plastic and into the glass. But and this knowledge, who talks about this kind of content really? Well, Beck does, and has she dropped the f bomb a few times? Fucking yeah, I fucking have because I'm so fucking passionate about this. Seriously, oh my god, we have, can I just go on a quick rant? I flew to Parliament House to march to protect the home birthing midwives in this country. You go to New Zealand, you go to Norway, it's normal. It's normal. Oh, you have a home birth. Yeah, everyone has one. So what? You go to the country, oh, yeah, I had nine children at home. So what? Everyone else, it's this totally abnormal thing that we've got all these crazy-ass politicians who are totally trying to control women's bodies. Well, what bodies. about this latest thing where they're trying to control children's, where they're saying that, that they, what is the, the threat? Something about immunisation. There's yeah, a new Tony threat Abbott. about this. No jab, no play. Fuck off. Fuck off. Out of my life. My personal is my political. My personal Amazing, is not a You know what? I am terrified about America at the moment. And you go on some of the, the online sites and stuff and look at what people are talking about. There are so many states in America right now that are reverting back to draconian conservative religious biblical laws when it comes to women and their bodies. You want an abortion, you drive over the state line. You go to high school, you get told your body is a sacred temple but not in a good way. Your father owns your virginity. You marry your father and put that ring on your finger and go to one of those balls, that the virginity balls that they hold for the girls. You don't have sex until you've got a husband that's been approved of by the family and married through the church and don't even think about having a say about that womb in between. You know, And this shit is being put through politically. It's it's like a Margaret Atwood dystopian novel. What is happening in some places in America and and with some of our Australian politicians mm. who want to who are so fearful of the groundswelling divine feminine that is happening as women empower themselves once again their personal responsibility and their bodies they cannot handle being kicked out of the labour wards they cannot handle not being able to have control of women's reproduction and this is why all you beautiful highly sensitive people have got incredible gifts need to do all of the work on your emotional shit you've got to clear it all so that you can stand in true, authentic power and get into these jobs, get into the leading areas where you can be making change, where we can be bringing in, bringing in the divine feminine and making decisions that are 
so much more coming from love and not coming from fear. Or you can think at a global level, but operate at a personal or community level. Yeah, you just level. start with that. See, yeah, exactly. But you start with your tribe. You start with one person. Yeah. You start with one person, as we said last week, and send them the screenshot of the little app of the affirmation because they've stubbed their toe. You start with you and your girlfriends and you listen to their fears. Oh, my husband, you know, I really wanted to have a home birth, but my husband felt threatened and he wanted to go to the hospital. Fuck your fucking husband. Whose fucking vagina is it? You are the one that has to feel comfortable. You are the one that has to feel relaxed. You are the one that has to feel at peace and assured and safe. And whatever you need for those circumstances, they must be protected. You get yourself a shit-hot midwife who protects your right to comfortableness, safety, and emotional security. You get two shit-hot doulas who come in, make your cups of tea, bring you the raspberry leaf tea, bring in the hot, you know, the hot water and the linens and all the things that you need. You get that support network. You you find some fan fantastic holistic chiropractor and shiatsu person who specialize in women's fertility and women's bodies if your baby is breached well so what you can actually birth at breach people don't tell you that but you can go and birth at breach or go to someone like a Mayan massage person who specializes in the womb or somebody a shiatsu acupressure person who specializes in the womb and get them to turn that baby around Fuck off. you don't need a fucking doctor to turn have a conversation with your baby just meditate and talk to your baby. And so we seem to have some problem here. What, like, is there a problem? Or baby probably probably say no. What's your problem? I don't have a problem. <laughs> probably is what you'll hear back. Go in, go to your kinesiologist and muscle test. I did this one day. I remember I was at about the seventh month mark, and I woke up one day and I thought something's not right. My tummy feels tight. It feels different to how it felt yesterday. I don't know what what it is. I feel a little bit concerned. I didn't go to the doctor. What are they going to tell me? What the fuck's a doctor going to tell you? I went to my kinesiologist. I stuck out my arm. We we muscle tested on the baby. And she said, you're stressed about money and the baby doesn't like it. I said, right. Thank you. Done. Done. Beautiful. Now, what do you do if you've already had, like me, you've had children and you've heard about how if you didn't have a vaginal birth that there's a lot of stuff that coats the baby, that gets into the baby's system, that helps line the gut and have a good healthy gut and everything else that's happening developmentally or you couldn't breastfeed or you did formula or whatever. You start with your children at whatever age and it doesn't matter whether they are still little babies or toddlers or whether they're adults. You start them with their knowledge and wisdom about connecting emotionally and understanding that they can rebuild their body strength. The gut can be rebuilt. Everything can be rebuilt. Everything. And so it doesn't, this, this podcast with Beck's amazing rants. And by the way, Beck, you're going to answer all of the hundreds of emails we're going to get as a result of this. Um, and the, um, you can start to empower yourself and your children at whatever age they are from this moment from, forward, from the get from this go moment forward. You, yeah, you raise them so, in wellness. Exactly. You can change that point at any time. Now, Neither of my children, as you've heard, had vaginal births. They have got the healthiest guts. It's not funny. Their immune, their immune system is amazing mm. um, because we've dealt with a lot of things on the emotional level, plus we've done other things that I had wisdom on. So you can counterbalance anything. So whatever so-called mistakes, not that we believe in mistakes, but for want of a better word, can be counterbalanced by new wisdom, new knowledge, and new implementation, which will always raise the vibration and create new cells and 
and balance of yin and yang and everything else in your bodies beautifully. So no damage is ever permanent. It's just is what it is for now. Well, it's very important you don't beat yourself up for anything. Exactly. Yeah. No guilt, no shame. Yeah. None whatsoever. That would do more harm than anything physical is, is if That's you right. can't forgive yourself or always think that you're a failure or any of those things. That's right. You know, when you know better, you do better. You just do the best you can with what you've got. But a holistic paradigm will take you a very long way. It will take you a very, very long way. Um, I think we've probably finished and I better put a strong language <laughs> You didn't warning. want to drop an F in at the end <laughs> just in case you haven't said it enough. <laughs> I hope that you're all giggling like I am because I love Beck's passion. I have never met anybody in my life that can get so passionate and so emotionally out there but speak so articulated. Articulated. Oh, hello. Is that, that's a. Articulately? Yeah, that's, that's a, uh, that, what do you call that, it? You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh God, now I've really good, lost my words. Really haven't good I? Joke to you got to be, think of me. I've been sitting in this energy. It's been pretty big energy to sit next to, but I've loved it. So it is amazing how your rants can be, you know, so wise. And beautiful thank you, and Jane. fast. Oh, thank you. It's fabulous. So thank you for sharing all of your journey. It's incredible. Life continually changes, as does my body. I am empowered by the journey. The best way you can empower yourself is not to read or look at anything. Don't compare yourself to other women. Don't go on websites. Don't watch baby shows. Just keep your own set of beliefs around it and feel happy and secure in your own intuitive women's instinct knowledge. So Next week, um, well, until this time, next week we'll be back where we always are on the couch, <laughs> half an hour on a Wednesday for free. Until this time next week, if you do have questions, comments, you want coaching or anything at all, of course, you can jump on our Facebook page. Yes, facebook.com forward slash love life show. We'll hop onto iTunes and write us a review if you feel the need. We, we love that. That helps to boost the awareness and spread the ripple effect through the community. Keep bringing more people into this tribe so we can keep having these juicy conversations about the things that matter, the shifts that we can have to really, truly change this earth. If you've got questions, please send them to us to keep the amazing dialogue going and until this time next week love your body and champion yourself life is perfect i'm not trying it's just happening